This podcast is sponsored by Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. As a disclaimer, views expressed in interviews are solely those of the individuals and do not necessarily represent those of my ag life, JCS Marketing, and its employees. Welcome to My Ag Life, where we cover your world in agriculture. This podcast is powered by the top publications in the industry, West Coast Nut, Progressive Crop Consultant, and Organic Farmer Magazine. Here is your host, Taylor Chalstrom. Hi, welcome to My Ag Life. Today we're talking with Jalunja Rajal, UCCE IPM advisor in the northern San Joaquin Valley about the Carpophilus beetle, a pest presenting new challenges for almond and pistachio growers here. Welcome back to the show, Jalendra. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, definitely. So Jalendra, this is this is a pretty recent development. It's not a, a welcome development, but it's something that, of course, all of our tree nut growers here in the state need to be aware of. You know, tell me what we know about the Carpophilus beetle thus far based on a decade of research done in Australia. It's a pest that they've had to deal with for some time now. How does it actually damage tree nut crops? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it, the, this is Carpophilus truncatus. It's uh, it's uh, we generally call Carpophilus beetle now because we have some other beetle species within the same um, same genus, but we call its different name for those. So this one we call Carpophilus beetle uh, for now, which is. Technically, it's a Carpophilus truncatus. It's a it's an invasive pest. Now we're finding out. Um, in terms of the damage, um, so uh, based on the Australian work and based on my experience looking at uh, in multiple orchard that we found this beetle, um, they these beetles are um, you know little, little tiny beetles. It's about you know five millimeter, which is about one tenth of an inch. Uh, about that long. Um, it's a it's a tiny beetle, but they the adults basically are active more during the hollow split time. It, so it kind of goes together with the navel onesome, and uh, in Australian cases, caramoth. Um, and uh, they go and lay eggs on the on the nut meat, basically on the cell of the of the of the fruit uh, of almonds, and so. Um, we don't know exactly in terms of the sometimes I've seen the many times all the all the fruit that I collected from the almonds I've seen the holes and somewhere in that suture line of the cell and based on the some of the literature I believe those are the ones that beetle chew in and go in legs and that's how the larva will be able to eat and um, inside the nut meat and so during the hollow split time right and so Basically, kind of again, similar to the navel onesome story, where larva goes in and feed on the nut meat, uh, pretty much finish all the nut meat white content uh, and make it uh, sort of like a white powdery mess, basically. Um, and many times I have seen they uh, still have the skin of the nut meat, it's still intact, but when you rip it off, that's how you see the kind of all white dust powder, which is a mixture of the nut meat powder as well as their frass, which is also kind of like more creamy whitish color frass 
these beetles uh, and the larva heads. So um, yeah, you can see that in a nut meat and, and many times I've also looked at larva in there, multiple larva, and it's, it's a tiny, very small larva. I mean, of course they go in different stages, um, but uh, some of them are really tiny and it's just mixed with this white powdery stuff. And if you don't know what you're looking at, you won't be able to find them um, in, in many instances. And sometimes, other times I've also seen the larva and then the also beetle from the nut meat from the middle that's just coming out, three or four beetles just come out. So basically they're both larva and, and beetle can feed on the nut meat and, and make that damage. So, um, I mean, if you looked at that, it's kind of similar to navel one jump, right? And so when you have this damage by the beetle and when you have the navel one jump kind of more or less similar, and if you, in majority of the cases, we don't know this is a new thing. So grower, pest control advisor, other field technician, they don't know um, about this beetle. So in that case, it's very easy to, you know, mixed with or not knowing it's a, it's a beetle. Uh, and usually we kind of, maybe it's a navel one gem damage or, and, or ant damage. Sometimes it looks like ant damage. Um, uh, but yeah, it, but once you know it, it's distinct uh, and you'll be differentiated. One point I want to add also is that um, you can also have on top of that navel orange gem on the same nut. So when you have they have you have navel orange gem, it's much more noticeable, a lot more brownish frass also mixed with that, a lot more wavings. So if you see that, you just kind of call it navel orange damage. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the nature of the of the direct attack on nut meat, and that's how they they do the damage on the um, seasonal crops. Definitely, crops. yeah, yeah. You were so you were kind of mentioning that like the difficulty of of identifying it sometimes just because of the size of of the beetle. Um, you know, another aspect of that you're you're saying this particular one that eats the nuts is Carpophilus truncatus, um, and there's other beetles within the Carpophilus genus that you know exist you know, in California, is there a way for growers to properly identify the damaging beetle for nuts compared to those other species found in the state? Or is it really just a matter of if you see them coming out of the nut, you know that it's Carpophilus truncatus? That's my, um, that's what I believe so far. So I think it's uh, the, this is the only species they go directly on the nut meat and directly actively feeding on the nut meat. Um, and so when you see that something coming out from there, um, either a beetle or if you see the larva, and that would be the definitely the indicator of the Carpophilus truncatus. Uh, um, so once we start looking at it, uh, once you look at, go in more detail, understanding it, there might be some other things might change, but that's my impression so far uh, is that there are no other beetles or the carpophilus go actively on this uh, fresh nut and cause direct damage. Of course, they are, you know, they are store fruit, dry fruit beetle, right? So they go after the dry fruit or the, you know, overripe fruit and those kind of things, but not like uh, attacking directly on the nuts like pistachio, almonds, or walnuts uh, directly, uh, kind of more or less similar to the way that navel on them does. Definitely. Thanks for clarifying that. And 
you know, at this point, the pest has been confirmed in uh, what I understand for Trina producing counties to date, Stanislaus, Merced, Madeira, and Kings. And, and that suggests it's already quite widespread. You know, yourself, um, UC uh, advisors and specialists, David Haviland and Houston Wilson have, have confirmed that up to this point. I mean, how has it gone under the radar for, for seemingly quite a while now? Yeah, it's, um, it's, pretty interesting story in terms of the how we um, come to this point, right? So this year, um, about two months ago or so, um, Houston Wilson Group, uh, they and some of the other uh, farm advisor and local farm advisor, they notify us that, well, there is some beetle infestation happening, right? And so, um, and uh, I was, I was, um, I, I hear that, and then I talked to Houston Wilson uh, with our entomologist, and uh, he he mentioned that yeah, there is a beetle infestation. It's a Carpophyllus beetle, and so at, at that point, my mind triggered like, oh yeah, that's what I've seen last year, and um, but last year um, in Merced counties, there were several orchards had infestation and it's kind of funny story that pest control advisor called me and he he mentioned that um well we have a lot of infestation happening here and i think it's a dry fruit beetle which is in terms of not knowing the beetle species which is you know totally fine to understand you know kind of know that it's a dry fruit beetle i mean that's actually i appreciate the pcas uh, identifying those and so I went out there in a couple of orchards. I have a bunch of pictures from last year, a bunch of samples, fruit as well as the beetles, as well as the larvae. I have videos from last year. And I took it out. And I also, at that point, to be honest, I also didn't know they were specifically feeding on the almonds. And I also looked at the literature from the Australia and seems like, well, they're doing these, uh, the carpophyllus is doing pretty bad damage in Australia since 2013. Um, so, you know, kind of similar to that, we're, we're seeing it here too, but I did not have idea about whether it's new species or not and that kind of thing. And I collected the sample and sent it to CDFA, but I also did not alert the CDFA that why well, it could be the new species because I, I was thinking it's maybe just a general dry fruit beetle. I didn't pay, you know, serious attention, I guess, uh, despite of the, the heavy damage in there. And so, um, and and so CDFA, they identify, but they identify as a, a to the genus label, which makes sense, right? So you, you don't go to the detailed species label for every species that you you get. And also it's not that easy to identify to the species level because there's the, these, these uh, Carpophyllus beetle looks kind of morphologically very similar. It's, it's uh, tough to identify uh, unless there's a reason for it. And so, um, so that's 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 a kind of the story from 2022, and there were there as I said, there are four or five different orchards that I visited. I have pictures that are taken from the trees where there is a damage, and um, and that kind of thing. And then once Houston mentioned that uh, there is an infestation, and I was like, okay, so these are the ones that we found last year. And so after that point, uh, he was collecting the sample from different reason. And I said, well, I, I I will be able to collect some samples and send it to you and then let's do it. Because I knew that place and that, that person I contacted and then um, that's how we, I collected sample from Merced. And uh, later I in the process of other research and things and I found out that uh, um, 
Well, actually, I tweeted um, one of the pictures with the dry food beetle infestation as a part of the, you know, like harvest sample insect identification type of thing. And somebody, uh, one of the PCA contacted me and say, hey, I, I think I have this beetle. And so it's at the time it, it happens to be in Stanislaus County. So um, so that's from this year, right? So the, we, we have the story from 2022. And then also this year when I, I talked to Houston and then I, we, we found also in Stanislaus County and plus those, all the places that we found last year, we went back and then had the similar issue there too. So, and we sent all the sample through the Ag Commissioner office from Merced as well as Stensus County, it came back to Carpophilostrum Catus. So it's kind of confirmed that. Um, so, but again, it, I said, if if I if I found four or five orchards last year infested, and now we're finding a lot more in up and down the valley and Houston found a lot more down South also. And so, um, if you if you combine this all together and people are talking about oh yeah this I've seen it in other places so I think it's it's just not in a one or two year establishment I think it's it's probably from multiple years I mean you can't see it, say it without confirmation but you can make a you know estimate that it's probably been here for at least a couple of years uh, based on my what I've seen based on my observation. Yeah, definitely. It's just this combination of kind of confusing events that have, you know, led you guys to finally identify this. It goes to show that it's, uh, you know, I, I guess these things can really go um, uh, seemingly undetected for a while. I mean, especially when it's causing like the same type of damage as the navel orange worm, it's, it's you know, it's it's going to be difficult. And we're kind of going to get into that here, Jalunja, right after a word from our sponsors here. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with CAT Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination, innovation, science in action. Hi, we're back talking with Jalendra Rajal, UCCE IPM advisor in the northern San Joaquin Valley about the Carpophilus beetle, a pest presenting new challenges for almond and pistachio growers. So Jalendra, researchers such as yourself are really stressing the importance of winter sanitation for control of Carpophilus beetle. You know, what do growers need to know here? I mean, does this just mean performing the same sanitation practices in orchards as for navel orange worm? Is there anything different about it? That's pretty interesting. When I also found out that uh, they these beetles uh, over winter um, on these nuts, mummy nuts, and it's kind of more or less similar to naval wonder, maybe different stages and things, but it's still they overwinter in, in those mummy nuts. And one of the major practice that Australian uh, are doing in their almond orchard is basically um, the orchard hygiene, right? So it's basically sanitation of the orchard 
mummy nuts so that will reduce the population of these beetles going into the season and um so that's why i mean it's already this year it's horrific navel one jump damage up and down the valley um and this is uh, definitely one of the con contributors for this year is is weather and uh, the implication of that is also weather affected the mummy sanitation practice because of the winter rain all the time we had. Um, and so because of these mummy nuts uh, saturation, uh, we had these huge damage in addition to other factors, right? But the mummy sanitation or the mummy nuts are one of the critical important factors that contributed to that damage in the, this year. Um, I believe, and now we're seeing the Carpophyllus beetle, and uh, we can say these different three or four counties based on the confirmation, but there are, there could be the other places also, you know, this beetle is already present. And so the best practice at this point is to do the effective mummy sanitation um, in the orchard. Um, in terms of the, I want to say about the mummy sanitation also is that for the navel onjum, uh, navel onjum more preferred kind of um, um, hanging out, going on the top of the trees, infesting a lot more of that. And uh, I've learned, uh, we have learned from the Australian work is that the the carpophyllic beetle they like more more like a lower portion of the canopy infestation. And also in terms of the overwintering, we see a lot more. Caramoth in their case, and in our case, navel orangeum, overwinter in uh, in the top of the trees or the tree nuts is their favorite uh, versus the Carpophyllus beetle. Their favorite is ground nuts, even though they can overwinter in tree nuts too. So if you put these together, then in that case, it's not just uh, removing the mummies from the tree, but also effectively um, destroying these mummies from the ground. Uh, whether they are present in the berms, whether they are on the mixed with the cover crops or, you know, the grasses, vegetation down there or debris or near closer to the trunk where it's difficult to remove it. But we need to find ways to remove it and bring it in the middle and uh, disking. Um, also, the on the on that part, also um, the flail mowing uh, is what they have been doing. Uh, but at the same time, the uh, they also mention in some of some of the literature is that you might need to do a multiple pass in order to make sure that all these knots are really crossed, right? Because again, the beetles is very tiny. We need to make sure that they are uh, destroyed when we do the disking or um, like the flail mowing effectively. And so, so yeah, again, the mummy sanitation, but to an even more intensive level, I would say, uh, for both of these uh, pests, and especially for the carpophyllus. Definitely. And, you know, just kind of listening to all this, the, the comparisons drawn between the navel orange worm and, and this beetle in some regards, I mean, obviously, like you said, navel orange worm damage had this huge spike this year compared to previous years and was, you know, it was one of, if not the worst years to date. Uh, do you think at this point with what we know about the Carpophilus beetle, do you think the damage numbers this year uh, for NOW were at all inflated by the Carpophilus beetle or was NOW damage really just that bad on its own? Um, I would say both. Um, definitely navel wounds and pressure uh, damage was 
higher this year, regardless of the carpophyllus beetle is present or not. Um, this is in fact the one of the worst years that I've seen in my last eight years of the working with the UC. This is the worst year of naval wounds of damage I've seen because we do a lot of crackouts of the nuts for different trials and uh, the damage uh, has been horrific uh, by just by the naval onja. But having said that, uh, there might be the case where these uh, orchard that might be infested with the carpophyllus beetle and it's unknowingly uh, just, you know, uh, that damage is, is kind of a blame for the naval onja damage, right? Because we don't know. Um, there could be possibility of that. Um, the other thought that somebody or in some other pest control advisor grower asked me in the past, which I did not have answer, uh, was whether the carp whether the navel onjum damage uh, make it worse for beetle infestation? Um, it could be that, but at the same time, and um, I out of these several orchard, I had three orchard that I collected sample this year um, from the ground, um, like uh, from the middle row. Um, windrow and also from the trees directly. Um, and we looked at damage differentiation or in order to like uh, damage uh, distribution, I would say, um, by navel onesum only or the carpophyllus beetle only and navel onesum plus carpophyllus beetle. So it's, it's about one third for each, right? So one third of the total infested nut I found carpophyllus beetle only infested, one third only navel onesum infested, and rest one third it had both navel onesum carpophyllus. So in that case, it it clearly shows that uh, carpophyllus beetle doesn't need a navel onesum in order to infest. So that's independently they can uh, do the damage, and uh, we also know it's based on the work done in Australia because of that too. Definitely. Well, that's good to know. Um, obviously, scary that that it can individually damage the nuts um, from from navel orange worm, but but very good to know that that insight. Um, you know, in terms of Jalendra, of what remains to be known about the pest, you know, there's you know that kind of includes, from what I understand, when it emerges, where the adult beetles move to, and and how far they can fly. Those types of things, but. Um, it, it seems like you guys are kind of working on a game plan right now for for research and extension in, in 2024 and beyond. Is there anything you can kind of speak to about what's next? Yeah, so it turns out that this beetle, it seems to be, it's kind of widespread type and their damage seems to be pretty intense if you don't do the uh, control measures, so if, if we don't understand more about this insect. So in that case, the Houston Wilson, Dr. Houston, Houston Wilson, um, he's our entomology specialist in, based in Kearney, um, Research and Extension Center, and uh, David Haviland, Kern County Entomology Advisor, and, and myself. And maybe in the future, we'll include a few other uh, folks also that are interested and uh, and uh, to understand, uh, to do the more research. And of course, this is again, the very new invasive pest in the new area, right? So we don't know a lot thing about this uh, pest in, the, um, in, in this area. I mean, we know a little bit more about a little bit of biology and some of the things from Australian experience, but it's ultimately, it's in the new place. A lot of things uh, are new in California. It's different, um, so we need to understand and learn a lot of that. And so um, 
we're we're talking about uh, doing uh, collaborative research and and continue doing the collaborative extension efforts in our areas uh, because I cover northern part of San Joaquin Valley, Houston is the middle part of San Joaquin Valley, and and David Haviland is in southern part of San Joaquin Valley because it's so widespread that we need to put together this game plan so that we can uh, we can do understand more about these beetle in doing research um, as well as provide the extension service to the grower. Um, and uh, ultimately we need to find out how to manage this pest, right? So one of the things cultural practice, the best thing right now is definitely, it's again, it's, it's the foundation of uh, beetle management turns out to be winter sentient too, not only naval angel. So that is one aspect, but we still need to look uh, some of the other aspects of things, for example, insecticide and other things. So in order to do that, we need to do more work. And um, uh, we're, we're hoping, we're continuing to collaborating on this, uh, on, on various front of this research on this beetle and, uh, and work together in research and extension um, um, in upcoming years at this point. Definitely. Well, good to know it's it's being addressed uh, to really the highest degree at this point, and that and, and that you guys are on it. If if folks, you know, growers or PCs, if they see this beetle in orchards in the future, you know, would you recommend they contact you know someone like you? Yeah, definitely. So um, they can contact uh, the entomology advisor or IPM advisor if if those uh, areas is covered by IPM advisor, entomology advisor, and or some other local uh, pomology advisors in in their county, so they can contact and uh, so that we can collect more information uh, and uh, you know do more survey. So that's the that's the um, that would be the best way to know how much it is spread already and uh, what kind of more damage uh, symptoms and things we'll see in different um, in different aspect of things. So that would be that would be really helpful. Okay, definitely. Well, hey, Delendra, thank you for coming on the show today and and disseminating some really key information about the Carpophilus beetle. This new pest that's presenting challenges for for almonds and pistachio growers in the state we of course yeah. always appreciate you being here yeah sounds sounds good and also uh the recently we uh work with the ucnr uh press uh publication team uh the communication team i would say and uh, put out that blog post which gives us a little bit of idea about um about about this beetle too and in the future we'll we'll work on other um publications and things uh, that we put out for the educational purpose so um and uh, it's important to know at this point to the grower and pca that this beetle might be exist anywhere in the in in these counties in in San Joaquin Valley pretty much uh, maybe in Sacramento Valley also we we have not found that evidence yet uh, but i think it's best practice would be um uh would be also that when 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 you go out in the orchard and you still have the non-parole on the trees a lot of them um because um because you know mommy nuts which become mommy nuts later and uh you can basically look at and and see whether you see any indicator of the beetle uh infestation in there too if you collect you know hundreds of these hundred of these um, fruits and look at it. There might be some ways that uh, 
when you crack them out, you'll be able to see them too. So uh, that way, you at least you kind of confirm by yourself that, well, I don't have, you know, beetle issue, uh, or I do have this and I need to report it and I need to do something about it. So. Fantastic. Thanks, Jalindra. Okay. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Subscribe for updates, exclusive content, and more at myaglife.com.